0: Abide with me. Abide with me. Don't let me fall. And don't let go. Walk with me. And never leave. This is the Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, and I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I'm on a Zoom call with one of our influencers. Up in the northeast, and uh, I uh, I just want to say that for so long uh, this ministry was here in Northwest Arkansas, and then west there was nothing east for you know Memphis maybe was the furthest east that we got, and we've been praying for it to expand. And now we have a lady I'm going to introduce you to from Maine, way up in the up in the northeast of the state of the United States. So uh, I have Lori Reynolds. Welcome, Lori Reynolds.
1: Hi, Brian. Thank you. It truly is an honor for you to ask me to just
0: share my story with you. Yeah, well, like kind of like we were discussing a minute ago, I uh, since I'm here at the main office and I get all the requests that come in on the website and all that, I get a front row seat to see where God's moving, but n- not everybody else gets to see it as much. And so I feel like it's my responsibility to share these, these testimonies and what's happening out there because it encourages all of us when we hear it. And, and you were encouraging me back at the uh, when we did the DNA summit. You were there on the call and sharing a little bit of what you'd experienced. And I thought, gosh, I need to let her tell everybody else about this. So, so Lori, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living, and and uh, your family, of course, and all that, and then how you how you found out about the journey, and then we'll get into your experience with it. But just start out with introducing yourself.
1: Okay. Well, I'm Lori Reynolds, and like Brian said, I live in Maine, which, yes, it's very cold here sometimes. (laughs) Um, I am extremely happily married to my husband, Mark, and we actually met 31 years ago. I was his private banker and... uh, you know, years and years went by and so now we've been married 14 years. We have an incredible life together. Between us, we have six kids and um, I hope this is okay to put on the airwaves but I say that I have stretch marks for two of them. And uh, <laughs> so we have, uh, Mark has three older boys. And uh, two actually live in Florida. One, the only child we have is uh, living in Maine is Andy. And then my two children, uh, Brandon lives in New York. Catherine is in Ohio. And we have an adopted daughter, Moni, from India. And she also is in Florida. And so we are blessed beyond measure with 11 grandbabies. And only two live near me, which... You know, if I could have my perfect life, they'd all be here. But, um, you know, Brian, I would say I am a woman that has experienced what it is to be saved by grace, because uh, if you go real far back, I was raised in Episcopal Church and I thought that I knew God and I did, but I didn't know what it meant to have that relationship with God And so I was actually at a uh, Billy Graham training center listening to Kay Arthur speak, and this was 22 years ago. And so that's when I was saved, and this incredible new life just opened up for me. And, you know, so I walked with the Lord. I actually worked at a church. I was a ministry, a women's ministry director. I taught Bible studies. And... I I love the Lord, but what happened to me is I I fell away from God, and you know for three and a half years I just lived in this total belief that God would never love me again, never use me again, and so I just I lived with that mindset. But then, thank you, God. he decided that okay lori you know i love you enough that i'm not done with you and so you know i look back at those years and i've been able to kind of say lori how could that have happened and i really think it's because my roots my roots were not deep and so god has miraculously done incredible things in my life right now i am the women's ministry director at centerpoint community church in waterville and i have the absolute pleasure of working with women, teaching, speaking, and like you just said, Brian, having the front row seat to watching God transform lives. And so, boy, it was in 2012, I really felt God saying to me, I want you to go deeper with me. And I didn't have a clue what that looked like, but I just knew there was this hunger that God, there's so much more And so I was actually on vacation. I was teaching a Bible study. I came back and I said, ladies, I don't have a clue what this looks like. But if you want to come on the journey with me, I just used the word journey at that point, not realizing what God had in mind. Um, I said, we're going to do this together. And so God gave me a ministry called Reckless Faith. And so really what it was, was small groups of women and God just would lead me to things we would do to go deeper. And so Reckless Faith has existed since 2012, but the missing piece was the discipleship. And so how I get introduced to the journey is, I'm sure you know, Andy Collar oh,
0: yeah. is
1: a good friend of yours. Well, Andy and his wife, Mary, came to Center Point a few years ago. And Andy introduced the journey to the men. And truthfully, um, the women at Centerpoint, we have uh, had a very strong connection, very strong ministry. And so we've had Bible studies. Um, We were even doing three different offerings of studies over the last couple of years And some of the women would say, man, I wish there was something for my husband to have him go deeper with God. And so I would always just say, pray about it. And so the journey then came to Centerpoint two years ago, and it has been just astounding to see the changes in the men. And I know this because um, my husband became a journey guide, Mark. And, um, you know, he doesn't give details, but he'll just come home and he'll be like, you will not believe how God is changing the hearts of the men. And so I'll be honest with you and tell you just this past summer, my plan had been to teach Revelation at the church because we just finished doing Daniel. And that's usually the national natural progression. And so for months, I just had this crazy, crazy, unsettled feeling. And I did a lot of soul searching with God because I wear a lot of hats on, you know, the women's ministry director. So I have teaching and speaking, but I'm involved on the... um, Oh, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, assemblies of God level. So there's so much juggling going on. And I'm like, God, I need you to show me what your plan is for the women, not what I think is on my plate, but what you want. And so there was one day just total wrestling with God. And he said, I want you to take revelation off your plate. And the journey is where I want you to go. And I just sat back, I came in told Mark and another friend happened to call that day and they both said, we knew that <laughs> it was just God's confirmation of, okay, Laura, I'm glad you finally listened to me because you're not going to believe what I'm going to do with the journey. And so it has been mind blowing in that I thought, because I've never gone through the journey. I've seen my husband go through it. I've seen all the books And so Andy and I talked and he's like, yeah, I've been wanting you to do the journey for a long time now. And see, I'm the type of person that if I teach for an hour, I will spend eight to 10 hours in, you know, researching and digging. And this is what you should share with the women. And I'm coming into the journey going, "Um, I don't know what this looks like. And Andy's like, you could do it. You know, I I totally rely on God for everything I do. And I'm not just saying throwing that out, but for a woman who didn't have God in her life, I know what I don't ever want my life to be like again. And Mm -hmm. so I'm so reliant on God that it was me just saying, okay, God, show me what to do. And so I put the word out to the women. And so we had seven women that were going to be in a morning group and that was going to be led by Andy's wife, Mary, who's done journey groups. Mm -hmm. And so I was sitting in under her and then the signups kept coming in and coming in and coming in. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to lead a journey group. And then I have Barb Gilbert, who is my right hand asked her, would she do it? And she's like, sure. And then Mary Collar's daughter, Um, Sue had never done the program, but obviously living with mom and dad and um, she's seen it. So we ended up having to form four journey groups with 34 women. (laughs) And so those groups are actually just winding up. And I oh my word, Brian, I can't tell you just one of the groups. There's a woman in it that um, through the reckless faith group she grew by leaps and bounds, very, very shy person. And one of the things that I bring the women through in Reckless Faith is how to pray out loud. And she was so on fire for God and no problem with that. And, and then life happened. And she made some choices that she highly regrets um, that really, really made her go back into a shell. And so this woman has been in the uh, morning group with us and to see her come back alive is just astounding to watch what God is doing in these women's lives. And so then there were more women saying, Hey, (laughs) we want to do the journey. And so um, I started another journey group two weeks ago online. Mm. And if, Ladies, if you ever have any questions on is an is an online group okay, it is incredible. I had remember hearing you say at the summit that online groups often will gel quicker, which the journey group that I first led, we really gelled quickly. But this one is like instant connection. And so we did our first session last last night, as a matter of fact. And I just threw out, what did you think of the book? And it's the typical I couldn't put it down. I can't wait to go deeper. And so, Brian, I can't thank you and Rocky enough and the whole influencers um, for bringing this because it literally is changing lives in such a way that, you know, I'm just sitting back going, go, God. (laughs) You know, he can take women's lives, men's lives um, that were just kind of on the sidelines and then show them what a difference it makes to truly abide in Christ. And I found, I don't know if it was something I put together or I found somewhere um, on the word abide. And so I share this with the women. It says to marinate in the love of God, to soak in it. To not just visit it, but to live in it every moment of every day. Mm. And so when you do that, it's not where you take God off the shelf when you need him, put him back when life is great again. But, you know, that's what I want to instill in these women. Um, And I've told them there is no better life than when you live that absolutely surrendered life to Christ. And then you watch him work. And Rocky had said about when you have the vertical right with God, then all of this horizontal that, you know, I talk with a lot of women and it's, my, my question will be, where's your focus? Because the focus is on all of these little things in their lives, which, yeah, they're big things, but how quickly they will dissipate when they have that relationship with God and put it in his hands.
0: Mm. You know, uh, one of of our leaders here, he describes abiding, and I I like this definition. He said, it's kind of like when you first are really falling in love with another person, and Mm -hmm. you think about them all throughout the day, even when you're not with them, and even you start making, when you make decisions, you start considering them in every decision you make, and you can't stop thinking about it. And I thought, isn't that true what God wants with us, that kind of love relationship? But oh, yeah. we're just thinking about him all throughout the day. And it's so, truly uh,
1: a lifestyle because that's what I say. This is not another Bible study, ladies, where we're going to do it, check it off, say, yay me, put it on the shelf. This is going to be a lifestyle change where God truly is the focus.
0: <laughs> so yeah. tell me, uh, as somebody who is a, a teacher and and uh, someone, like you said, eight hours of preparation all that, <laughs> what was it like for you going, did, did, were you able to go through the journey as a participant? Were you able to kind of hold
1: that? No, that's to the problem. I'm, I'm like the, the new kid on the block. But, you know, I fully believe that God will put his, his words into your mind. So as I'm reading this, it's like his love letter to me. And, you know, you see yourself in each of the characters. And then when you get to Gabe, how can you not fall in love with that character? Mm -hmm. And um, so, no, I mean, I have not done the journey and that's what's so astounding of, you know, that's God. God's using little old me to just be his vessel to work through and, um, you know, to love these ladies in a different way than I've been blessed to be able to do before. But the excitement um, that we're seeing and for the groups that have finished we have 100% retention to go forward into the
0: full journey program. Okay. So you've been leading the six-week discussion groups.
1: Correct. Yeah, the inner yes. chamber. Yeah. Okay. So you we're, haven't been
0: the full nine-month yet yourself?
1: No, not yet. Okay. Which, you know, I look at the book and it's like, it's a big book. But, <laughs> you know, I've gone through a lot of it. And I just can't wait to see how the women are going to... Um, just mine the treasures from
0: it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It all, we always say that the six week, the, the journey to inner chamber was written. Uh, actually, Rocky's first book he wrote was the prayer cottage. Actually, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he wanted to take his very first journey group on an extended time of prayer. So that's where that came from. And then later he wrote journey to inner chamber because he thought we need an in, an on ramp, an intro that sure. kind of creatively explains some deep, ther- you know, theological truths that you would unpack over nine months. So, so we always think the six week is just an appetizer. It's just a little teaser, you know, to get them into the big, <laughs> the real feast is the nine exactly. months. So, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I can't wait to re-interview you later after you start <laughs> seeing, after you, you know, maybe lead a journey group through the nine months and all that. But, uh, but that, you know, you bring up a good point though, because Rocky and I have seen uh, God using that little book that was just mm-hmm. meant to be an intro book to really open people's eyes to some things and really even do transformation in six weeks. Yeah. So you're seeing that too.
1: In several of the women. Yes. Yes. And I, you know, I think a lot of us, you get your ticket punched to go to heaven salvation. Yes. And, you know, I tell them there is just so much more to this incredible life of adventure with God. I mean, that's what my life has been since I've recommitted to him and, um, I just want that for everybody, which granted, I can't bang it into their heads that this is what you have to have, but I'm seeing the excitement in the women. Mm -hmm. And, um, as a matter of fact, when this other group just ended up ended, we were going to take a break through the holidays and they're like, oh no, (laughs) you know, we want to continue the momentum. So we're still going to get together. Um, but really get into the meat of it um, with an orphan, no more. And then the journey.
0: Yeah. Well, you're, you're highlighting things we've seen in the past where men have gone through the journey and then mm-hmm. their wives see the transformation and they start going, what can we, where's your book? I want to read this book. And some of the okay. men at first were like, well, no, this is for the men. This isn't for mm-hmm. women. And a lot of women just grabbed the book and read it anyway and uh, loved it. And then women started asking Rocky, can we lead journey groups? And mm-hmm. so, uh, women love the stories, even though it has a little bit of masculine context context in the first story or whatever, but it doesn't seem to matter people that these are scriptural truths that are just explained in, in a unique way. So, yeah, so you're seeing that with the women, you're seeing them embrace it and and very much so. Up.
1: And, you know, maybe it's written towards a male figure, but the principles are still the same. And, you know, I think we find that we overcomplicate the gospel that, you know, everybody's thinking it's A plus B plus C equals whatever. And I was just discussing that with them last night that, you know, the simplicity is it's Jesus and we don't need all these extra things added on, but when he is our sole focus then you will find that your life doesn't seem to have the chaos <laughs> that it tends to because we allow him to be the one that's our focus, who evens things out. Um, and there's no better way.
0: Yeah, yeah. and and it's a commitment. It's not a it's not a casual thing. and And most people in the church, and you see this by working in the church, people oh, yeah. are they kind of want the easy way you know, a a small commitment, not much homework or not no homework, and let someone else spoon feed them rather than grabbing the word and and learning for themselves. And and also, I think the journey being nine months, it's interesting that when God was downloading it to Rocky, that it ended up being around nine months, Mm -hmm. which is the same length of time it takes to make a baby, you know, bring a baby to life. And you think there's new birth that comes out of these journey groups, people come on the other end. It's a process. It's a long process. But at the other end, they come out like a new creation. They really do. Yes. And that, and that's something women can understand better than men, I'm sure. So <laughs> as you said, the stretch marks to prove it. So, I uh, do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Well, have you had any uh, personal epiphanies since you've been getting dabbling in the journey and the concepts and all that, that you, anything new that that you needed to learn yourself so far?
1: I don't know if it's necessarily new, but Just the reminder of how, like I said, how simple that the gospel truly is. And, you know, the love of God, which sometimes gets lost in the process, that we are so busy trying to get acceptance from everybody that if we would only settle in on how incredibly much God loves us and get our identity from. God and God alone. You know, I know that was huge for me. And part of my healing process was realizing that no matter what, no matter what we do, God's love remains constant. And We have to remember that in the face of adversity, in the face of, um, you know, you look at the world today (laughs) and the absolute chaos that it's in. You know, and I shared this with the women last night. I said, a word that I learned the real meaning of um, was a few years ago was sovereign. You know, Mm -hmm. that our God is sovereign over all, He's in all. And even though since This year began, everything has been turned upside down. It didn't take him off guard. And no matter what we're being faced with, we can trust that the God of yesterday that got us through it is the same God today that's going to continue to give us everything we need to continue to abide in him and to draw closer to him. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, for me, I've had a lot of aha moments, but a lot of them have just been these reminders of how incredible our God is and how he truly transforms lives that are tired of sitting on the sidelines and just go all in for him and go are so crazy in love with him that they just want to do trust and obey. I'm finding are two real words that stick out that really live your life in such a way that when God asks you to do something you can trust him because he's been faithful in the past. And so so the obedience should come naturally because of who God is and how he's been faithful in the past. And so that's how I live my life that, you know, sometimes God may ask me to do something that doesn't make sense in my human mind,
0: mm.
1: but I know God has my best interest at heart and he sees the, the future that I have no clue about. And so, when I want to scratch my head and go, "Really, God?" (laughs) You know, you take that step of obedience, and it's it's mind blowing what He'll do.
0: Well, I think it ties into the the words over the door of the inner chamber. Oh, definitely. He who enters Mm -hmm. can only enter through personal abandonment and absolute trust. That's the pathway to greater blessing, to greater purpose, to understanding the mind of Christ and what He wants for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of people are afraid. I've had guys who said they've been in the journey two or three years and they, they said they're right at the doorstep. They haven't, they hadn't stepped in quite yet. There's something that was holding mm-hmm. them back, you know, and we, and we took in the journey, we talk about hindrances that You're there right. are hindrances or things that need to be pruned away that, that, that God's trying to do to get us closer to him. Yep. And so it, it's a process. It really is. But uh, the blessed life is on the other side of that. So amen to that. Yeah. So it, so where do you see this all heading at your church? Do you see this really becoming a, a real part, integral part of the programming or the lifestyle of your church? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. To where we actually have a waiting list of new journey groups starting. And so I, God's kind of led me to some other women that will be raised up as leaders. And so I don't see this as hey this is the latest and greatest and let's jump on board, but no, this is going to be a transformation of lives that will be perpetuated. And so the journey program isn't something that we'll do for the next say year and then hey let's pick a different study of some sort. It's it's going to be continually used at center point and in the lives of the women and I think my job as the women's ministry director is to kind of prepare the women that you're going to be doing exactly this with your circle of friends. So it isn't something that just stays within the confines of a particular church building, but it needs to go out and out and out. And that's how, you know, that's how change is made in the world. It starts with one, but it will continue.
0: Yeah, I was I was uh, talking to a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. they, they had embraced it for their men, for all their men. And they're a medium-sized church. I don't know. They may be about the same size as you guys. I'm not sure. But they said, uh, well, we're loving the journey. And it was about three years in. And they said, the only problem is we're going to run out of men. You know, every man <laughs> will have gone through it. And I said, well, what a great problem to have. Now you can right. invite your neighbors. You can invite your co-workers. You can invite ex- extended family members. And you'll yeah. those people will probably end up going to your church, so you'll end up growing the church by default. And so, what a great problem to have!
1: Exactly, exactly. We will just have to build a bigger building. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, gosh, well, this is going to be fun to watch and see how it develops and all that. Yeah. And I love what you said. It's not everyone's so programmed just to go into a Bible study and letting someone else who's gifted be the teacher. Yep. And spoon feed. And, mm-hmm. and, and spoon feed them or whatever. And this is taking ownership of your faith, and this is like not only that, but giving it away to other people, and and being an influencer to other people in your world. Everybody has a sphere of influence, oh, and, yes, they do. and God wants us to use it for His His purposes. So, so that this is a discipleship. What we're talking about, right? Is is the exactly repro- if it's not reproducing, it's not discipleship. So, right. uh,
1: and that's yeah. what we're commanded to
0: do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As someone said years ago, they said every good pastor should be working himself out of a job. <laughs> you know by by making disciples you go make disciples you know and where people are walking with Christ as closely as the pastor you know and so yeah and that's uh, i think it's starting to catch on i think i think churches are getting i think pastors are excited about it it's it's really a, a kind of a revival happening i think
1: we definitely could use that these days
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Well, Lori, thank you for your time today. And uh, again, we'll be talking and yeah, I talk to Andy all the time. And so, uh, we're going to be helping you guys and praying for you guys. And the women's side is going to grow, is growing on its own. So there's going to be a time where there's going to be like a national women's conference, probably like we have done for the men and all that. So I know you'll be in the thick of all that and your ladies. So that's going to be fun too. So that sounds incredible. Yeah. 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 So cool. Well, thank you, Lori. Um, well, uh, everyone out there, this has been the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, you can go to our website, influencers.org, to learn how to connect with our ministry and get plugged into a journey group, and uh, anyway, uh, and if you you have more questions for Lori, I can, you just send us an email on our website, and I'll connect you guys with Lori, because she's a great resource now, so anyway, but we're excited about what's happening out there, and Just keep praying for the ladies up in uh, Waterville, Maine, and uh, what God wants to do up there. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.